Hello everybody and welcome once again to The Brink as we bring you another episode of the most Brinkalicious podcast on the internet right now, episode 23 of the rebooted, reformatted show and a big g'day, hello, what's up to wherever you are hearing my voice Hello to Stewie, if you're uh, listening. I know uh, our former co-host Stuart Lipscomb, who you heard on the show about a week or so ago. He uh, has been tuning in. He's told me that during the week. And uh, everybody else who is listening, uh, big hello to you. And uh, just I want to spend a special shout-out as well to people listening to us in Ashburn and Sunderland over in the USA. Now, I couldn't tell you exactly whereabouts uh, either Ashburn or Sunderland is. I just simply have the name of the town. So I'm going to uh, separate this uh, for Sunderland. First of all, if you're listening to us in Sunderland, Maryland, Sunderland, Massachusetts, Sunderland, Portland, or Sunderland, Vermont, hello to you. And if you're listening to all of them, great. And Ashburn, you could be in Ashburn, Georgia, Ashburn, Chicago, or Ashburn, Virginia. So just a bit of a spread there. Uh, sadly, not Mountain View anymore. I think they've uh, tuned out since I called them out uh, for listening. But um, just felt the need to say good day and say hello because we've got another big show coming your way. Plenty of people to get to. Plenty of classic moments to revisit and plenty of things that will really get you excited for listening to this Brinkalicious episode. We love talking to people from around the world. We love talking to people from other countries. And there is even apparently a country called New Zealand that I've discovered and we've got somebody from that country to talk to again. It's Nick Chester. Hello, Nick. Welcome back to The Brink. Hi, Ben. Um, and yes, we are another country. We're not another state. And um, I don't want, I don't want to age this conversation too much, but uh, happy Anzac Day. Yes, well, uh, back to you. Uh, we will age it, I guess, by saying at the time of recording this, it is Anzac Day for... Uh, for both of us, and it's kind of interesting. I remember a week ago when we were kind of discussing plans to record other segments for other shows, and you mentioned that today was a public holiday, and I kind of, uh, I took a double take. I'm like, why is it a public holiday in New Zealand as well? And I'm like, oh, right, Anzac Day. There's an NZ in there as well as an A. So, uh, you know, I'm just being a bit, uh, you know, just just ignoring the fact that you two were involved in that whole Gallipoli thing. If it wasn't for us, it would just be an ACK Day, and that's not... Great, so. No, no, not at all. I mean, look, this is probably just a wide-ranging question out there. I mean, I'm sure you've never been on, in Australia on Anzac Day. I've never been in New Zealand on Anzac Day. But I'm guessing, generally, things are kind of commemorated the same way. I mean, do you guys have, like, dawn services and marches and all that kind of through all your cities and towns on Anzac Day? Yeah, I think we, we kind of do the same thing. Um, I, I think the one thing that might be a little bit different is um, what do you guys kind of like wear on your, you know, on your shirt or whatever on Anzac Day? Uh, we have a lot of people wear the poppies. And, of course, if you um, have relatives or sort of family connections to the war, you will wear their medals if they had any, I guess. Oh, okay. Because oh, I seem because we wear the poppies too, and I seem to remember watching something on Australian news, and everyone was wearing like, was it like a rosemary sprig or something weird like that? Like it wasn't a poppy. Might be uh, a bit of wattle, perhaps. I don't, I don't know. That's kind of a very Australian yeah. thing to wear. But yeah, no, definitely the poppies. Poppies are a very big thing for sure. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Well, that's that's the same here then as well. So yeah, I'd say it's pretty much the the same kind of thing that we that we would do. Um, yeah. I used to actually work for the Veterans Affairs Department here in New Zealand for a little while, and um, so I was involved a little bit in the planning of the Gallipoli uh, celebrations that would go on, and obviously um, your big ones at Lone Pine. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and ours is at a, a place called Chunuk Beer, which is just around the corner, basically. So we've got, you know, we do the, the combined one together, and then um, you guys go off and do your own one at Lone Pine, and then we go to Chunuk Beer and do our own one as well. So, right. yeah, I, 
I probably know more than you thought I did. There you go. Well, I didn't know you worked for them at the one point. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm sad <laughs> to admit the only time I've actually ever been involved in any commemorations, I mean, back, you know, when I was young and I was in the Scouts, you know, we kind of obviously were always involved. But um, I... I did attend the 100th year, uh, the, the dawn service in Hobart. I'd never actually been to a dawn service until that time. And um, I had to work that day when I was at the newspaper, so I had to cover a lot of that. But this is actually the first Anzac Day I've had in two years, Nick, because I didn't have an Anzac Day in 2016. I was on a plane. So, therefore, technically, I was crossing the international date line from the US to Australia. So, I kind of lost oh, Anzac Day 2016. So, there's a weird little thing. Never happened for you. No, no. It's my first Anzac Day in two years, literally, because, again, I lost that day. So, yeah. Wow. I <laughs> know oh, that's, that's really interesting. Share, share that statistic with you. don't know why, but, hey, there you go. <laughs> um, now, New Zealand, outside of Anzac Day, uh, we're going we're gonna to do this little thing that you did with me last week in terms of the taglines. That was fun. We'll get to that soon. But I just wanted to touch on some New Zealand news from the week because it seems a bit has happened. Um, in Australia, our Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, has basically introduced some new laws which are a little bit controversial, making it a little bit harder for people to want to become an Australian citizen. I think, essentially, instead of taking a year or up to two years, it can take up to four years now if you live in Australia and want to become a permanent resident and a citizen. And this has pissed off your Prime Minister. He's uh, he's hit out at this, Nick. He said it's disappointing and saying that it could, um, it could stretch relations between Australia and New Zealand. Has this even made the news over there in New Zealand? Uh, it's disappointing. He sounds like, you know, some father. He's like, I'm not annoyed. I'm not, you know, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty lame. Um, I mean, our, our new prime minister that we've had for a little while, he's, um, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he's uh, not the most interesting of chaps. He's just getting on with the job and, you know, he's a, he's a pretty boring personality. You know, in all fairness, the uh, leader of the opposition over here is almost, well, is just as boring. So it's going to be a hell of an election later this year. I can't wait. These two incredibly boring men talking to each other about politics and, and nobody really caring. So, so it's this year? You've got an election this year? Yeah, it's in September. Oh, joy. Well, that was kind of like ours last year because um, it's funny when they do all those yearly recap things at the end of 2016 about how, you know, people forgot that we even had an election because people called it probably the most boring election in Australia's history. Um, and it was funny because we had our big TV awards, you know, during the week, the Logies, and, you know, they have like the, the awards for like best news coverage. And one of our networks in Australia, like they went to Syria and got a one-on-one interview with the Syrian president, like a pretty big deal. But that didn't even win the award. The award went to another network for covering the fucking election. It's like, the election was crap, and you you don't even give the award to a, a network. You got a one-on-one interview with the Syrian prime, president. It's like, wow, it's that, that made me angry for some reason. <laughs> you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, still, you're still hyped up about it. I know. But basically, in, in terms of our thing, the, the most interesting thing about our politics at the moment is, like I say, we've got these two boring men who are the prime minister and leader of the opposition, but... <laughs> They both have deputies who are these um, kind of quite charismatic women. And so it's kind of interesting that the, the two at the top of the ticket are, are bloody boring. <laughs> but right below them are two very interesting women um, for, for different reasons. And so I think a lot of the, the coverage might be on the deputies as opposed to the, the actual leaders, which could be quite interesting. Well, that's kind of fascinating because, I mean, ours, it kind of works that, you know, there's always just that ongoing thing that somebody's going to, you know, backstab Malcolm Turnbull. You know, Tony Abbott's still around. It's not like he left. So it's kind of like, oh, is he going to have another challenge? But, you know, we have a couple of interesting women on our side of things too, which I think for a lot of Australians would make it more interesting. Uh, you know, Julie Bishop on one side for the Liberals, who's our foreign minister, and then you've got Tanya Plibersek on the Labor side of things. So it's kind of fascinating to think that. And I guess, are we just being, you know, impatient or just, we're so spoiled for, you know, international politics and crazy 
laziness. Um, it's just like, oh, we've got boring people in control. You know, where's our excitement? Why, why isn't, you know, these global, global issues, you know, concerning New Zealand and Australia? Yeah, I think given everything that's going on in the world, I'm quite happy to have a boring leader at the moment. It's, you know, nothing's going to, I'm not going to wake up and suddenly, you know, New Zealand's, you know, invading Kazakhstan or something, you know, <laughs> nothing weird's going to happen, you know. So uh, in, that, in that regard, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy that we've got these boring guys. I'd love to wake up to that news. I'd love to wake up to the press conference. Yes, my fellow New Zealanders, it is with great pleasure we have invaded Kazakhstan. Uh, those bastards can't get away with that shot for much longer. And like everybody would be like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, let's not do that. Let's not go there. Um, yeah, the, the most likely thing is that the South Island will try and take over the North Island or vice versa. That's probably all that's going to happen. I was going to say, has New Zealand ever invaded anyone, Nick? Like, ever? Um, not on our own, that's for sure. <laughs> I just, it's just kind of one of these things that, you know, if you ever get some like whack job in control, you get your version of Donald Trump. It's like this tiny little New Zealand like, trying to stand up to the big boys. Like I will say during the week we got, um, Australia got actually singled out by North Korea. You know, it's like North Korea generally threatened to bomb the US and Japan and all these other places. They actually specifically named Australia this week saying they want a new cast. So, um, Hey, there's a thing like little old Australia. We're getting threatened by North Korea specifically now, so I don't know if, uh, you know, maybe we'll join New Zealand and just being the quiet ones in the corner and not maybe getting threatened. It's a fun time to be alive. Yeah, very or much so. <laughs> very much so. Uh, I just read this article about this whole, you know, Bill English being disappointed. Um, he, sa- he said, the special relationship between the two countries needed to be maintained, adding that government officials were speaking to understand the impact of changes on a streamlined pathway to citizenship between New Zealanders and Australia living. So, obviously, they had some sort of special connection last year saying that New Zealanders could become Australians easily or something like that, and now this is a threat. And this whole article goes on to, to showcase, and again, this must have been huge news in Australia because I've never seen this until now, that obviously Malcolm Turnbull must have visited Queenstown or something in January and went, like, bike riding with Bill English. And it's like a little photo here of them walking down this path together with their wives as well. So, I mean, is this like a bromance that no one gives a shit about? I didn't realise that happened in January, Nick. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, John Key and, and Turnbull were, were pretty close, to be honest. Um, the, Turnbull kind of sees John Key as a bit of a, an idol on, on how to, you know, how to be successful over a long period of time. So uh, there was definitely something between those two. So there's no doubt about that, but um, I'm not quite sure that Bill English has, has got the same kind of um, excitement factor. I, I look forward to this election this year, actually, now, New Zealand election. Who cares about the French election when we've got the New Zealand election to come this year? Um, just another bit of news from the week from New Zealand. I, I've noticed here that uh, officials from the Five Eyes Network, from the world's leading uh, spy agencies, are apparently meeting in New Zealand at the moment, Nick, in, in Queenstown. Speaking of Queenstown, so you've got spy agencies from the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand and the US are currently having sensitive talks about the Asia-Pacific region as uh, tensions escalate between the US and North Korea. I mean, again, was this something that you knew about or is this so secret that we're only just finding out about it now? Um, yeah, no, I didn't know anything about that either. <laughs> I'm glad to say I'm updating you on your own country's news here, Nick. Uh, <laughs> do you have news in New Zealand? Is this a thing? Or um, We definitely have news, but uh, you, you always seem to have the, the boring news. Like, for example, <laughs> I'm just saying that one of the ones I've pulled up today, um, let me just read the headline on this one. Um, Judge questions pack and save policy on shoplifted food items. So pack and save is our, one of our major supermarkets. Yeah. Uh, 
So Packensave and Blenheim um, drew the ire of a district court judge on Monday after it was revealed in court that the supermarket placed items found on shoplifters, including meat and cheese, back on the shelf. Oh, wow. Okay. So forget, so forget the five eyes. We're talking about, you know... <laughs> Salami down people's pants getting put back on the on the shelf. Well, they've got to sell it, right? I mean, you know, uh, why not? I'm sure they wash it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. What was what's the other one? It's Countdown, isn't it? That kind of looks like our Woolworths. It's got sort of the same logo, yes. but yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, so there we go. If you ever go to Pack and Save, just make sure you double bag your salami uh, before. Yeah, buying. absolutely. <laughs> That's that's interesting. You are getting the exciting news. The only other news story I've got from New Zealand here is that Qatar Airways are talking about maybe dropping New Zealand from their their flight route if uh, laptops are banned. Um, I no, guess- nobody, no, nobody in their right mind flies Air Qatar. I mean, that's just that's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't fly with them, would you? Well, I mean, maybe in the World Cup in a few years, but I mean, <laughs> it's kind of it is one of those. It's it's one of these stories where it's almost like. You all sort of double taking like Air Qatar is a thing. It's like they're just getting they're getting recognition. I'm sure there's not anybody in New Zealand that are like, oh shut bro, I can't fly to Qatar anymore. Don't ban the laptops. Yeah. yeah, and I guess they do call it Qatar Airways, so I can't really make that Air Qatar joke, but it's too good not to you, isn't <laughs> yes. it? Very very good, Nick. Very good. All right, I want you to hit me with some taglines now. And and again, look, I'm going to be honest. I could easily just pull up that list that you're talking about and cheat, but I will swear on the Commonwealth of Australia that right now I am looking at two blank screens. Well, one's kind of showing the levels of recording and the other's showing a few folders, but I'm not cheating. That's what I'm trying to say here, Nick, and I haven't researched any of these during the week. So hit me with your best shot. Come on, fire away. So I think we'll go for for five here. So so three is a pass rate. Okay, Um, no pressure. Let's see how you go. All right, well, let's start with this one, see how you go. Okay, so the longer you wait, the harder it gets. Oh, that's um, that's a forty-year-old virgin, isn't it? It is correct. Oh, so you won yes, one. That's, that's good. Did that make over a billion dollars, or is this just generic tag? Oh no, no, no. Okay, so, so no, no. So these are these are any movies, but okay. I promise I won't pull up really obscure. Ones. All right, good. All right, good. Just just double checking. Like, wow, that was really successful. The forty-year-old virgin didn't realize it made over a billion, but no. okay. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, okay, what else have I got on this list here? Okay, reality is a thing of the past. Oh. Um, is that something like an Ed TV or the Truman Show, perhaps? Or uh, you're thinking a bit too small scale. Too small scale. Okay, so is this like a big, big blockbuster? Is it or definitely? Yeah. Reality is a thing of the past. Um, is it like a Terminator movie or something like that? Or oh, you're, you're close. You're definitely close. Ah, uh, something to do with the future involved. Mm, yeah, a little bit. Avatar again, or we we touched on that one last week, didn't we? Yeah, we've done that one already. Yeah, I don't uh, think I, I don't think I can give you the point on this one. That was the Matrix. Oh, the ma- oh, okay, all right. Should have thought about that a little bit more, Ben. Fail. All right, next one. All right, um, see our family and feel better about yours. Oh, that's like is that something like the Meet the Parents or something like that? Mm, no. See our family and and oh. Oh, it's it's something kind of on like it's obviously about a, a family that's pretty shit. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it animated by any chance? Yes, it is. Is it the Simpsons movie? It is. It oh, is. there we go. Okay. <laughs> we'll, def- we'll definitely give you that one. All right. Okay. All right. So number three. Okay, the thing that won't die and the nightmare that won't end. 
Righto, this sounds familiar. The thing that won't die and the nightmare that won't end. Is it is it a horror movie? No. The thing that won't die and the nightmare that won't end. Oh, Lord, that's very open. Um, I'm going to need a clue here. Um, you've actually already named the movie in one of your other guesses. Terminator? Yes. Is it, uh, Do I have to guess the specific one? No, no, I'll just give you that it was the first one. I'll oh, give okay. you that. There you go. All right. That was a big clue. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Okay, so um, here's your fourth one. So I think you've passed anyway, So, that, but we'll, we'll see if you can rack up the score. Okay. Oh, no, no. So what are you at? This is, so this is... This, no, is this number four or number five? I think it's number this five. Is, I think this would be number it's five. number five. Okay. Yeah. It's number five. All right. All right. Love is in the hair. Love is in the hair. Oh, that's... um. Ah, uh, that's another one of these ones that I've heard. It's something to do with... Is there something to do with the 80s in there? Uh, no, it's not. Um, I'll give you a bit of a clue. Um, I was surprised that, that, that this was the tagline for this movie, but it, it's referring to quite a classic scene that's in that movie, to do with hair. To do with hair? Hmm. That's... Hmm... Uh, Austin Powers, maybe? No. No? Okay, I'm out. (laughs) Uh, There's something about Mary. Oh, oh, right, yep, I get it. Uh, See what they did there. Okay, I'll take it. Three out of five do I get there? That's a pass mark? Yeah, yeah, we'll give you a pass on that one. I think you did pretty well. All right, well, I like this game. This this can, you know, this could work. I'm liking it. Nick, you're doing well. Thank you very much, and... uh, Hopefully, uh, by the time we talk next week, New Zealand has invaded Kazakhstan. That will give us something to talk about. Um, And I'm sure our Anzac brothers will back us up if we do. Classic live performance time. And we're going to go back to the year 2010 and hear from a good friend of the show's Tim Woods, local singer and songwriter, who liked to sing about a variety of things, including possums. And this was a song about uh, a tale of a possum. And for those perhaps listening to us uh, overseas, Sunderland, uh, that we were mentioning before, or Ashburn, if you're in America, this is an Australian possum, not those vicious oversized rat creatures that you guys have over there. These are cute kind of furry marsupials. So uh, anyway, he's Tim Woods, A Tale of a Possum, 2010 live performance from The Brink. On the eighth day of August, my mother possum did cry. I found a husband on the wire in the sky electrified. Said to gather around all your possums Before we all wind up dead And she got the, all the animals together And this is what she said She said, keep your tail, keep your tail Keep your tail up in the sky If you ever go walking on a wire Keep your tail up by and by Keep your tail, keep your tail Keep your tail up in the sky if you have a girl walking on a wire, keep your tail up by and by. By and by. So weeks went by and another more possums started to stray. Mother possums or a baby possum on a wire on a sunny day. She said to get down from there, young boy. Are you really in trouble now? 
seen as though you're walking on a wire I better tell you how right now Say keep your tail, keep your tail Keep your tail up in the sky If you ever go walking on a wire Keep your tail up by and by Keep your tail, keep your tail Keep your tail up in the sky If you ever go walking on a wire Keep your tail up by and by So the young boy was walking on the line And all the other possums watched And he kept his tail up like she said and avoided electric shock And when he got down safely All the possums cheered him on And when they asked him how he did it He told him how it was done He said, keep your tail, keep your tail Keep your tail up in the sky If you ever go walking on a wire Keep your tail up by and by Keep your tail, keep your tail Keep your tail up in the sky If you ever go walking on a wire Keep your tail up by and by Keep your tail, keep your tail Keep your tail up in the sky If you ever go walking on a wire Keep your tail up by and by Keep your tail, keep your tail Keep your tail up in the sky If you ever go walking on a wire Keep your tail up by and by Keep your tail up by and by Keep your tail up by and by By and by I'm not even going to say anything except Dakota Leary Cool That's where you meant to say hello, Dakota Um, Hey We planned that well, didn't we? How are you, Dakota? Yeah, I'm good. I was just a bit confused about that. You're like, oh, cool. All right. You're 15. You're confused about everything. I'm 18. You know, it's life. Fuck's sake. I think next week I'm just going to introduce I'm just going to come on and just say, Dakota Leary. And then you'll just have to say. Yeah, Dakota Leary. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Do you right. think that would work? Do you think you'd understand that? Um, it'd be a bit funny, yeah. Yeah? Is that, that's the motto of this show, yeah. isn't it? A bit funny. bit funny, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you listen every and now and then. Oh, it's that? got a few bits there that I slightly chuckle yeah. at. Yeah, I laughed a bit at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That wasn't a right joke. Um, yeah. So how's the week been for you, Dakota? I see you're, you're getting into your photography. You're going out and taking pictures of stuff at night. That must be fun. I've been out taking night sky photography. Yeah, it's good. I've got, been getting some really good ones. Like. What, 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 what's your target? What do you go out? Do you like take pictures of uh, what's, your, what's your specific nature shots you're doing or what are you doing? Um, well, I want to get the Aurora, the Aurora Australis. As in the maybe. boat? Um, no. Because I could as go and take the, a photo of that right now. It's in, probably, you know, constitute. Oh, the lights. Okay, the gotcha, right. Yeah. And how um, how do you, yeah. how does one get the, the lights? I mean, like, I'm, I'm not in, educated in photography at all. I wouldn't have a clue. So as a novice, what do I do to go and get pictures of the lights? It's actually relatively easy, to be honest. Um, my friend came with me and got it on his phone so it's actually it's pretty easy you just have to um you need quite a long exposure so you need to keep like the um the shutter open for a while um 
and um, you need to be able to let more light in rather than like the normal kind of stuff that the cameras do. So the technical photography stuff, really. So how does you do it on your phone then? How does how do you open the the lens or the shutter on your phone? Well, he had a setting to do it. So is this um, an iPhone or is this just like some fancy? He's got bang an, phone? He's got an Android, but I think it's like it's like a. I think you can do it on your iPhone on the iPhone Seven, but yes, yeah, okay. So is this? Can you actually see these lights with the naked eye, or can you only see them with a the camera? You can, but um, very rarely. From Tasmania, right? Um, so where do you where do you so you go to a certain point and then you just see them on the camera, basically? Um, yeah, anywhere facing south, generally, if they're strong enough, you can get it on camera. So well, that's pretty fancy. You must feel pretty proud of yourself to do that. I was seeing you, they look very good. I was seeing you post them on Facebook, and they look very good. Yeah, they're quite good. I'm happy with them. Yeah. So, are you planning on doing anything with these, or is this just a hobby? Um, at the moment, it's I think it's a hobby, but um, once I get more money and better equipment, I'll probably um, do something with them. And what, what, what do you want to do something with them? What do you want to do? Oh, honestly, not, probably just some sort of photography stuff. <laughs> um, photography stuff. It's pretty, pretty standard. Yeah, yep, I'm really yep. not sure. I'm really not sure what I, exactly I want to do with them. Um, cool. I suppose it would be pretty cool to kind of... Um, Photograph for National Geographic, that would be all right. So, I mean, if National Geographic are listening right now, which, let's be honest, they're not, but, um, you know, they might stumble across this. Who knows? They could be bored, like, chilling in their offices and be like, hey, what's this, the brink? That's kind of funny. So how would you sell yourself? <laughs> Come on, right now, sell yourself to National Geographic. Get a job. I am a budding photographer um, with average skills, um, eager <laughs> to learn. Um, hit me up. Bro. That's that's selling you so well. I have average yeah. skills. <laughs> I'm sure they're sitting in their offices. Fuck, we were just looking for somebody with average skills. <laughs> this guy's a genius. <laughs> well, I mean, some com- some places like training people up. Like they do, they do. I mean, that's yeah. what I've been trying to do with you for the last like four or five years on this show. It's still not working. Has it? Hey, I mean, I think it's worked. Has it? Really? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> cool. each to their own. Uh, I'm look. I'm I'm going to uh, Alaska in June, and they have the Northern Lights up there yes, instead of the do. Aurora Australis. So if I want to capture the Northern Lights, um, can I like totally post one on Facebook and be like, "Suck on your Aurora Australis." My lights are more Northern than yours. Um, sure, if you want to. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's a thing. Photography trash talk. I don't think that's a thing. It's it's not really. You don't. You don't look usually at my see my go, SLR. Yeah. It's got a longer yeah. lens than yours. Suck it. You don't usually see people go. Oh, your photo shit, you dickhead. <laughs> Get good. Like you don't usually see it at all. Like, my exposure's longer than yours. What did you? Like it could be zoom? the worst photo ever taken, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is so beautiful. I love it. <laughs> it's great." Just one thing I will say. It's like. One thing I've always noted with photography, and I, I've, it's kind of trailed off, I think, in the last few years, but there was, a, there was a moment in time there where I felt everybody thought they were a photographer. So they kind of went out and they're all like, I'm, you know, Dakota Leary Photography, have a Facebook page. And it's kind of like, just because you bought a camera from Big W that was more expensive than a standard digital camera and you can start a Facebook page doesn't make you a photographer, all right? It's kind of like, just because I buy a, a gown and a scalpel, I'm not a doctor. That's yeah. That's why I like taking pictures of the um, night sky because, like, anyone can take a picture of a flower during the day, but it's a little <laughs> bit more difficult to take a picture of the stars and stuff. 
So. See, like, I have Instagram and put filters on shit, but I don't call myself a photographer, so, you know. Yeah, well... I yeah, mean, having said that, I bought a microphone and press record on a computer and I call myself a radio host, so... I mean, we could argue all day about what makes one a professional photographer, but... <laughs> I feel we've had this conversation before on the brink about journalists. I think we I've, had this years ago about New Zealand was officially classing blog bloggers as journalists, so I think we've yeah, you and that, I have discussed yeah. this before. Yeah, that happened. Mm, that's just yeah, New Zealand. But I suppose though. bloggers are like budding journalists. Aren't True. They? In the same way that um, little kids who kill animals for fun are budding surgeons slash serial killers. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly the same thing. Um, do you totally want to get angry? Or do you want to do... Um, do you want to talk about more shit first? I mean, it's up to you. I mean, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not angry. I have nothing to get angry You're about. not angry? Well, I'm still going to play yeah. this intro. Ben and Dakota get angry. Ah! Oh, gonna, okay. Do you want me to get angry then, or...? Yes, yeah, both so. You know what makes me angry? What? Josh Thomas. He won Logies yeah. last week, which pissed oh, me off he? because okay. oh, his yeah, stupid show called Nobody Likes Me or whatever the fuck it's called <laughs> is a true statement, yet he will win Logies. Go away, Josh Thomas. It's The show is called Please Like Me. Oh, well, whatever. It should be called Don't Like Me because it's about Josh Thomas. Nice. Nah, he's fishing for likes. <laughs> um, oh, what am I angry about? I, I don't I'm sure I've been angry about something over the bloody... Week. I, well, you know, you you got the open floor here. You're kind of delaying the segment a little bit, but sure. Just um, think. <laughs> yeah, I will think. I will think. Look, why are you thinking? You know what makes okay. me angry? What? Tony Cochran. You're a oh, fucking yeah. douche. Yeah, cool. Um, Hashtag listen to High Noon last week to get the joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what makes me angry? You know what makes me angry? Oh, hang on. No, no, no. I'll take that back. No, I want to know what makes you angry. Yes, tell me. <laughs> Anzac Day. Okay. Okay, this is going to be... Okay. Um, so, it's all like... So, I went to the Glenorchy Anzac Day ceremony. As the Glenorchy Citizen of the Year, you are uh, obligated to attend, had, yes, yes. Had to lay a wreath and all that stuff. Um, and all the songs and all the speeches were all about peace and all that kind of stuff. And then, like, cool, yeah, you want peace. But, like, what are you going to do about tomorrow? We'll talk about the footy scores. Easy. <laughs> that'll, that'll make peace. Done. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting statement. Um, what would you like them to do instead, Dakota? Um, I don't know. Just <laughs> something other than talking about the footy scores. Don't you know what makes me angry? Piece. What? The footy scores. Carlton oh. lost by like 90 points. It's shit. We should be better. Ooh. Yeah, okay. Um, what else makes me angry? Oh, well, what? you're 15. You've got plenty of anger there. Oh, I'm 18. You know what makes me angry? <laughs> what? Keep calling me 15, I'm 18, you bastard. Oh, oh wow. That turned yeah. sour. That, yeah, that, it did, didn't it? Hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um, I, makes I, me I angry. Tend to get... What? North Korea! Why are you bombing us? What did we ever do to you? And why do you want to bomb Darwin? What a shit place to bomb. It's already looked like it's been bombed once in a while. Bomb somewhere better. Well, it has been bombed on something. Hey, well, that's a bit too soon, Dakota. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's I was going to go there, but look, you know, we did. <laughs> I mean, in two ways, in, like, World War Two and in, like, tourism sense, so. <laughs> it already is. A, yeah, okay, cool, right, yep, good joke. Anyway, what else makes you angry? <laughs> um, you know what makes you angry? What? Everyone's all like, oh, we're scared of North Korea, let's not attack them, but they're not going to do anything. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. It's, they're just the, the boy who cried wolf. They're just like, oh, yeah. we're, we're going to bomb everyone. You know what makes They're me like angry? That. What? Oh, North Korea. Yeah. Bomb someone already. Just stand up to what you're saying. Like, fucking bomb New Zealand. No one cares about them. Like, no one would cry about that. Just bomb them. They're done. And then it would just be like it already is. And nobody cares. They're there. Just do it. If anyone's going to start World War Three, it's going to be Russia. Right, and if anyone's going to start World War Three, it's going to be, like, some country that nobody even knows. It's going to be, I don't know, like, uh, Togo. They're just going to grow up to the ashes. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to kill everyone. Hello to all our Togolese listeners. I'm sure you're not really going to kill anyone, but... Um... Yeah, I look, mean, technically, I, it's been like that the last two world wars. So, <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, look, I think we're all still watching Germany, kind of. You know, I mean, it's kind of it's Are like we? they're just they're just those. You know, you know yeah. when you like you're in a friendship group and you're kind of you're in control, you've got the power, but then somebody overthrows you and you're just kind of in the background. You know, yeah. you're just chilling, you're happy to be content with things. There's always that pent up frustration deep inside of you that you're kind of like, fucking hell, this is not good. <laughs> It's not what we wanted. So let's be honest. Like, look, I love Germany. I'm a huge German fan. I, I'm just, look, let's keep an eye on them, all right? You know, France is to the left of you, Germany. Anybody can invade France. I mean, look, Tasmania can invade France right now. They're not going to do anything about it. They're France, okay? Uh, it's practically, it's what they do. They just bend over and let people walk all over them, so... On, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a positive note, mm. me and my friend were talking about if World War Three breaks out. And yep. it's obviously obviously going to be like a nuclear war. Well, you would assume, um, yes. Yeah. Tasmania's going to be fine. No one's ever going to, like, well, nuke Tasmania. Uh, just, I guess we're no longer getting angry anymore. But I, I yeah, don't I know if you've not, ever I seen guess. the film, uh, the, the miniseries On the Beach, which was um, sort of initially set, in, I think, the 50s or the 60s in Cold War era, you know, America slash the world. Um and they remade it in the early 2000s. And basically, it was about a nuclear war that happened. So, in the in the remake, it was between China and America. And basically, the fallout was so much, like, the world was destroyed because of the nuclear fallout. And it was about the last survivors of Earth having to come to Melbourne to live because that would be the last place on Earth where they would survive. Now, I've always watched that film and thought, well, hey, what's a little bit further south than Melbourne Tasmania, we are the last haven on Earth. So you are 100% correct there, Dakota. We're basically the last sanctuary on Earth. Yeah, we're great. We're going to, we'll just, we'll be fine with all our inbredness and stuff. Well, look, you know, it, it always has to come to a fruition for the fact that it's there for something. And, you know, when there's no society, you know, the fact that we're fucking our sisters and cousins, it's going to work well because, yeah. hey, look, at least we're fucking people and at least we've got people to live for. Maybe we're evolutionary advanced. Evolutionary exactly. Advanced. Who cares yeah. about a couple of yeah. extra fingers and heads here and there? I mean, look, you know, it just makes us unique. Exactly. You know, look at Darwin. Yeah. They're still threatened to get bombed, and it's fucking Darwin. It, I don't think Korea actually have any nukes that'll reach Darwin, to be honest. I just I just love the fact that, like, look, we shouldn't be joking about this. This sounds a horrible thing to joke about, but let's just analyse this situation, okay? North Korea, again, it's always like, oh, we're going to bomb you, America. We're going to bomb you, yeah. China. We're going to bomb everyone. We're North Korea. They've finally yeah. come out and said... They've singled us out. They've singled out Australia and said, we're going to bomb Australia. Oh, fuck, shit. Yeah. Who are you going to bomb? Melbourne. Fuck, Sydney. Fuck, Brisbane. Fuck, fucking Darwin. All right? That's like, I'm going to bomb America. Oh, no, New York, Los Angeles. No, let's fucking bomb butt fuck North Dakota. Like, seriously, it's Darwin. No one gives a fuck if you bomb it, North Korea. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. 
I mean, let's, 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 let's reiterate this to code. If they had said, oh, we're going to bomb Hobart, is anyone going to blink an eye? No one gives a fuck about Hobart. Why do we give a fuck about Darwin? Like I said, the missiles can't reach any further, really. Like... <laughs> That's probably it. That's probably literally it. They've probably thought we can bomb Cape York Peninsula, but there's only like remote Aboriginal communities there, so we're not really going to affect a mass population. What's the biggest population? It's either Cairns or Darwin. Uh, Cairns has the reef, uh, you know, let's not bomb Cairns, and Port Douglas is nearby. Kim Jong-un might want to go there for a holiday after he invades us. So let's bomb Darwin because there's nothing there that we're going to lose. Yeah, oh, but we also have the um, the whole military bases and stuff in Darwin, don't we? Yeah, but, you know, look, military. And we kind of need those. You want to know the scariest fact that I learned in the last six months? And um, I don't know if this is really known that much in Australia. The USA, right, they love their military. They're military mad. They have over 23 million people in their military services, okay? The population of Australia is 23 million. So at any point, the USA could send their entire military to this country and take us over without force because there's, like, be one military officer per person in this country. So, like... Let's be honest, Donald Trump's in control of America right now. He got angry at Malcolm Turnbull. He hung up on him. So it's kind of like... That's why Mike Pence was here in the last week. The vice president was just scoping out our citizens like, I reckon our Marines could take this part of Sydney or the Air Force could take over Brisbane. Like, that's kind of what they're doing right now. I'm scared for our safety. We're totally screwed. Exactly. They don't even have to, like, like North Korea, oh, we're going to bomb Darwin. Look, let's be honest. Right now, if at the end of this recording we got off and we looked at the news and it was like, North Korea has nuked Darwin, okay, it's not really going to affect the overall grand scheme of things in this country. If the US just rocked up with all of their boats and there's like 50, like somebody knocks on your door right now and it's like an American military guy with a gun is just like, this house is now mine, sir. It's like, you're going to listen to him because he's got a gun and he's from America. For the North Korean, you're just kind of like, oh, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the news has kind of died down about North Korea now. It always does. It, yeah. This is what happens. North Korea, like, look, again, they were not getting the attention because it was all serious. Syria, you know, oh, it's all Russia. Trump, Trump. You know, so little Kim Jong-un sitting there going, oh, what can we do? Oh, let's threaten to bomb him again. We haven't done that in a while. Um, but what happened, though, in The Boy Who Cried Wolf? Eventually, when there really was a wolf, no one believed him. So we're going to wake up one day. We're going to see, like, a mushroom cloud. And we're going to be like, oh, that's just oh, special effects. They're filming a movie. <laughs> or we're just not going to wake up. Oh, 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 wow. Deep. Deep, Dakota. That That is that is very deep. <laughs> I think we need to end it on that. Uh, if we're here next week, um, you know, and there hasn't been a nuclear war, we'll speak to you again. But it's always a pleasure. Indeed. Goodbye. Time for me to press the button. Oh, flashback. It's 2017, in case you didn't notice, which means it's 
been a good decade since the Brink actually moved to Breakfast Radio. Our very first year of Breakfast Radio was 2007, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I remember the move very vividly. And we're going to play something for you from that very year. This was uh, one of our, quote, surprise guests, unquote, that we had in the studio that may or may not have been real. And uh, this is actually a chat with Australian tennis legend Mark Philippoussis. Let's see if you can see if this is real or not. And at the time, he was actually on a reality show. I believe it was called The Look of Love. And essentially, he um, was there trying to find himself uh, the love of his life because he was a famous tennis player. They thought it was a good idea. So um, we decided to have a bit of a chat with uh, Mr. Philippoussis, the scud. And uh, this is how it happened back in 2007. Hopefully something that uh, isn't going to be unlucky right now. It is a great honour. We're actually crossing live to our Los Angeles affiliate over there in California. It is a great honour to have with us right now Australian tennis ex-legend, ex-slash-champion, Mr Mark Philippoussis, who has just started in his uh, reality television debut last night on Australian television in Age of Love. He's pitted against, uh, he has to choose between a bunch of... 40-year-old women and a bunch of 20-year-old women. Of course, Mark usually dates the younger women, so it's a tough choice. Mark, privileged to have you on the show. Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, good day, Benny. No, no worries. Bit of a bit excited about the show, actually, Ben. Oh, can't wait to get it's, going. It's, it's, it's good to see that you're, uh, well, actually, you know, trying to remain famous. Now, Mark, at the moment, your uh, credibility is about as low as Britney Spears's. Oh, now. well, look, I just stop right there. Thanks all the same, Ben. Well, Mark, it is true. You have to admit, I mean, you haven't won a tennis match since I was born, so I mean... <laughs> and when were you born, look, Ben? Look, I don't disclose my age on air. You should know that by well, how much no, I'm No, I've won games before. I've won many games I, against many players. I'm sure video games do not count. I mean, just because you have beaten Roger Federer on top spin doesn't make you a world-class tennis player. Well, now, look, I, I understand, Mark, that you did make the Wimbledon final, but I mean... Yes, I did. Who did you more than what year? you've done. Can, oh, excuse me, I have won Olympic gold, which is something you've never achieved yourself, Mark. And what Olympics, though, Ben? I the think 1972 Montreal Games. I'm going to stop this interview right now. Where's my agent? Uh, well, I'm not too sure. Here, please. He's, he's probably trying to find someone else to uh, remain with. Now, Mark, of course, this show that started Age of Love, what made you do such a thing? Now, obviously, you don't have much luck on the tennis court. Well, you've never had much luck on the tennis court. What makes you think you're going to get lucky uh, this time? Oh, well, look, I'm hot. I could do what I want. I you're like sounding a lot like ladies. me at the moment, Mark, except I actually have facts to back these things up. One thing that I do want to uh, inform where are your, you... Where are your model shoots? Where are your spreadsheets, Ben? Do you, you don't live in Australia anymore. You don't know what pages I grace the thing that you... Oh, you, I'm very... I'm, I'm, I'm a frequenter of all the Australian newspapers and magazines. Just ben. because you run out of toilet paper and use them in that sense, Mark, doesn't make you a frequent other than that. I just want to let you know that the age of love is not a buffet line. You do actually have to choose one of these women. You can't have them all. Well, look, I don't... Well, yes, but look... I don't see what the harm is. It's just a fun show. Fun show, just like your tennis career, right? It's well, look, fun. Ben, I think that's just going below the belt. There's nothing wrong with my tennis career. You like things I'm below the belt, Mark, I'm so why are you complaining? I'm in the prime. I've still got plenty of years if left. If you in. call this the prime, then um, I would really hate to see what you're like when you're in a slump. I mean, I'm ranked higher than you in the world tennis oh, rankings, and I'm not ben, even the I'm highly player. rated on the seed ten- of tennis, Ben. The seed of tennis, okay, then. So, uh, again, who was the last player you beat? Just let me know. Come on. Let me know the last play. Boston Terrio. Uh, come, come again. 
Paul Santario? I've never heard of him. He doesn't exist, does he? No. Exactly. See, this is what I mean. Anyway, Mark, I have a series of five That's questions. That's not the point. I've still won games before. Look, I've been to Wimbledon. Where have you been? I've been to Wimbledon. I've been to the Australian Open, and I was and more so successful I. just by sitting in the crowd than you were. Anyway, Mark, moving on. I've got a series of five questions that we ask all, all right, my guests. All right, hit me um, with them. I would love to, but unfortunately you're in Los Angeles. Keep me with your best shot. Do, do, do. And do, please do. do not appear on It Takes Two, because believe me, I would be the first to vote you out. Now, our first question I'd like to ask is, what is your favourite type of cheese? Oh, I'd have to say mozzarella, Ben. Mozzarella, mozzarella cheese? Mozzarella. Oh, it's a good one. Is that it smells as bad as your tennis career? Or? No, I think it smells fantastic. Just as good as my tennis career. Well, Better than yours. That, I think, just, um, yeah, things that up straight away. Are you a follower or a scruncher, Mark? Oh, well, look... I'd have to say on the court, I'm a bit of a scruncher. I'd like probably to do a think bit you're a bit of a folder, really. You do fold under pressure a lot, but it's just, yeah. But when I'm in my fancy meds, I'm a bit of a folder, really. You're probably a folder all the time. Now, uh, who's better looking, myself or Anthony? Oh, well, look, because you've been such a big poo, a big scud. Just like you. Well, no, look, I'm... Stop trying to put uh, the jokes in there, Mark. It's not working. Look, I think I'm doing very well. Anyway, and answer I the think question, thank you. you're being so mean. Answer the question. Anthony is the most attractive. This coming from somebody who dated Delta Goodrum, I don't think that really look, holds up nothing, too much. Look, you know, are we alone in this universe? Look, well, I'm not going to say that we're not. I'm not going to say that we are. I would like I, to ask, are we alone in the space of your ego? But again, not really. I don't really think... And what's one event that you would like to see at the Hobart 2020 Olympics? Oh, look, no doubt, tennis. Well, tennis already is an event care. at the Olympics. Tennis Mark, you is going to be there. never qualify, but... Um, well, look, I think that I can qualify, and at the Beijing Olympics, I'm going to be playing. I'm sorry, but bedroom athletics is not a part of the calendar at the 2008 Olympics. Look, Mark, sort of been a pre- pleasure to have you on the show. Would have to say that you're probably one of my least favourite guests oh, and one of my least favourite, famous, favourite... Uh, you're not even famous anymore. You have to go on a reality show. Apparently, I used to like to abuse the guests, but uh, here you go... Uh, you can tell it's old because it sounds old and the quality's not overly brilliant, but um, that's how we sounded 10 years ago. Hmm. Another week and another time to speak to this man. It's Paul Luttrell. Paul, welcome back to The Brink. Yeah, good to be here. It's a pleasure as always, and a particular pleasure when it's such a big week to celebrate. Paul, happy 100 days of Trump. Oh, <laughs> only been a hundred days. It feels much, much longer. It does. It it kind of does. Uh, well, I think we've talked about this in the past about you know we're getting close to this anniversary and you know what's what's he going to do in these hundred days. I and mean, it's it's always I guess the first real um, you know part where people really assess what a president's been up to. It's not just a president it happens in Australia for our prime ministers. I'm sure it happens in South Sudan for their leader as well. But let's 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 be blunt. Hundred days of Trump. Um, how are we assessing the man? Oh, yeah. I I, I would say um, uh, a big, large... If I was marking his report, I would... They don't give Fs anymore. <laughs> they, give, they give an E. An so, e. Uh, maybe, maybe an E. Well, then again, he hasn't, uh, you know, completely... Um, he hasn't blown us well, up. He, he has bombed someone. So there we go. <laughs> the first 100 days. So, yeah, it's probably an E. Let's say an E. Now, okay, this is actually quite, um, I think, fitting for you yourself, obviously, uh, you know, very close to being a, a teacher. So to somebody like myself who um, generally got a lot of uh, Ds, I don't think I ever got an E, uh, how would it, what was an E? I think you might have explained this to us before on this show, but uh, refresh our memories. What actually does an E mean? An E means basically that it's, it's essentially a failure. It's, it's, you're not at the standard yet. You've basically sh- demonstrated no um, evidence of comprehension or, 
or ability or even really attempted to engage with the content. Right. So, so why, why can't that be an F anymore? Is this just the negative connotations around the letter F? So they're like, hmm, E's not so yeah. bad as an F. I guess so. Yeah, it's trying to avoid the kind of the labelling and stuff like that, which I'm guessing E will essentially take over from that. But F has essentially just been, you know, you're, try, you're trying to have inclusive practices and I think that labelling someone as a failure is not... This is the the new theory. It's not a good thing. Wow. Essentially. So essentially, I, I kind of I always wondered throughout this that you know you always had A B C D, then you went to F. I always wondered what happened to E in that scenario. So I guess kind yeah. of they were always using it as the backup, so that the day came that F got too negative. Okay, F's fine. We've reached peak F. Let's now finally yeah. go to E. Critical mass on F, yeah. (laughs) It's it's there. Um, But, yeah, there are different scales. Sometimes it's like one through to five or something like that. Different different teachers use different things, but I think that the standard is A through to E in terms of um, the actual... Department of Education okay. standards. So, so long gone are the days of smiley face, slightly smiley face, frowny face. Yeah, I was I was part of the kind of year group where we were basically the the experimental guinea pigs. Um, yeah, where we basically had like these weird five upper and five middle and <laughs> things like that. Weird weird things. I remember you were based on certain age group, like five upper was the extreme end of year 10. Wow. And if getting a four lower, that meant that you were kind of operating at year eight level or something like that. It was, it was really strange. Um, but yeah, they've gone back to the, the more comprehensible kind of um, thing of... <laughs> Of having A's through the E's, which everyone can understand, I think. Yeah, you're confusing me with a lot of this stuff. I mean, this is this is going to say a lot in terms of, like, if Donald Trump is actually paying attention to these reviews he's getting. And let's be honest, he is, because he's Donald Trump and he wants the attention. Um, and I'm sure he's tweeted out every single review somebody's given him, God, oh, you know, Paul Luttrell, E, what a pathetic excuse for a said radio host, fake news, sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in little in dot points essentially, but but put into a sentence. It's a, he writes in dot points, but then puts it into a sentence. Uh, it's it's the crazy thing is is um I think the Simpsons put out like a silly little two minute clip during the week to kind of quote commemorate the uh, the hundred days, which actually wasn't that unfunny for the Simpsons in two thousand and seventeen. Um, yeah. But they 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 did a thing in it where they said something about. Um, oh, they gave the percentage of, you know, the fact that we're 100 days in, we've only got, you know, we're only like a 20th of the way through or, you know, again, my maths are terrible, don't quote me on that. But um, it was just kind of, it feels like it's been so much longer, doesn't it? 100 days, it's like, holy crap, that's all it's been. Yeah, I think it's, he just dominates the news cycle. So we hear so much more, it's just constantly overwhelmed with Trump, 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 it feels so much longer than... A usual presidency. I, the thing I'm actually kind of weirdly looking forward to is, uh, you know, I was in America when he got elected, but obviously I left before he was inaugurated. So, you know, last time I was there, Obama was still president. I'm going back in a couple of weeks. So it'll be the first time I've actually been there since he's been president. And when you land in LA and as you're coming through the doors to go into the, the main terminal there, sort of through customs, there's a big 
big flag and it's got a big sign, welcome to the United States. And then they've got a portrait of their president. You know, every time I've been to America, there's a big, big smack bang portrait of Mr. Obama. I'm going to have to walk into that terminal with a giant picture of Donald Trump. And I'm, I'm more intrigued to see the reactions of people around me rather than looking at the picture. Because I kind of feel like there might be a few Australians and other, you know, people from other countries who aren't from the US looking at that picture going, oh, fuck, that's right. Yeah. It's it, just from a purely aesthetic point of view, it's it's doesn't really uh, cut the same kind of figure as, as Obama. No. You walk in, you see Obama, it's like, oh, that's a handsome man. You see Trump, it's like, ooh, what's going on it's there? It's a weird practice though, isn't it? Because it's kind of something that I've, I've always thought a bit strange. Like, I'm sure you go to some of these countries where, like, I don't know, they've got, like, a dictator in control or, you know, something like yeah. that, where it's like, it's that's something you would imagine. Like, I've never thought of America as something. I know they're very proud of their president and, you know, government buildings have pictures of their president. Schools have pictures of their pre- You know, I, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise, but it's kind of, welcome to the United States. Here's our leader. It's like, you would never have that in Australia. Can you imagine arriving in Australia? Welcome to Australia. Here's a picture of, well, we don't actually know who's prime minister this week, so let's just put a picture of a generic man or a woman and we can pretend they're our leader. Yeah, it's definitely cut from the uh, the dictator's handbook there. <laughs> Past your face everywhere and have this kind of cult of personality or whatever. It's very North Korea or um, <laughs> Stalin-esque or, or whatever. You'd think that the US would have a flag or something they, they, like well, that. There's a flag there. There is. Trust me, there's okay. a flag. I mean, you can't go two centimetres in America without seeing a flag. It's, it's America. Oh, yeah. But it's just, I think every time I've been, the only time I ever will see a photo of the president that's, you know, not on the news or a newspaper or something like that is generally, uh, yeah, in the airport. And um, the first time I ever went in, uh, you know, you're going around Hollywood, sort of the, the touristy places, and, you know, they've got all their merchandise as they do in America. And, you know, within five minutes of me being there, they've got, like, Barack Obama bobble, bobbleheads and Barack Obama action <laughs> figures. And I, I bought them because I'm like, this is awesome, you know, this is really cool. And I'm kind of doubting I'm going to see Donald Trump action figures and Donald Trump bobbleheads, maybe in different contexts than they were for Obama, perhaps. Yeah, oh, I think that uh, well, Trump's head seems like it's big enough already, so <laughs> I don't think he needs to enlarge it in compared, compared to his body anymore. Very true. Now, I mean, outside of the 100 days, I mean, what else has been going on in, in, the, land of, in the land of Trump? Uh, anything of note, really, that you feel is... Uh, Discussion worthy. He's, he's about to meet Turnbull, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. But his proposed tax reform or his tax plan proposal that was very, very interesting in that it was not exactly comprehensive. It was one, it was one page. Wow. With documents, really, yeah, the, it was ridiculous. Um, essentially, it was uh, just you know cutting taxes for corporations. So I was about to say, literally, it probably would say, like, let's cut all taxes for all my rich friends and let's tax the poor. The end. Essentially that, <laughs> yes. Um, and and there are also other contradictions as well that went against his campaign promises. Basically, he's um, removing taxes um, on, profit, on corporations for their foreign profits. So it's basically going to incentivize them to outsource their businesses, wow. um, which is exactly what he promised. He wasn't. Go- he was going to basically bring businesses back to America, um, but this seems to incentivize that. But yeah, big big tax cut for. I'm, I'm I'm wondering where they're going to actually make up the money if they're <laughs> if they're cutting corporate tax from thirty nine percent to fifteen. That's a 
big, big break. Yeah. Where are they going to make up the funds for that? That's, Where... that's crazy. That's more than, that's like, it's not like a 2% drop. That's what, 24%? That's half. That's more than half. That's what's yeah. going on there. It's ridiculous. It's. Yeah. Wow. I, that's. I think um, that's. Hmm. Yeah. I, I saw that New York Times are predicting that uh, the deficit is going to increase by $3 billion based on, <laughs> on that. Um, you know, oh, three trillion. Sorry, three trillion. Three billion isn't much. Three trillion. This is this is, I think, the thing that um, it's it's really gotten to that point now where where a hundred days ago, you know, inauguration day, you still had a, a fair few people like, look, I'm not a Trump fan, but let's give him a go. You never know, like, you know, what's what might, what's the worst that can happen? You know, blah 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 blah. I think we're now at this point where everybody's like, oh fuck. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, it's you can't. I think people just completely underestimate what it actually takes to be a, the president of the United States. There's so much like specific knowledge you need to have of the political system, and I think that that's just shown completely in all of his legislation. He doesn't know how to draft a bill. He doesn't know how, like, all of the the minute details and everything it takes and all of the laws you need to address, all of this. It's shown in his tax plan, which is usually, usually, I don't know if you've seen a bill or a piece of legislation, but they're usually hundreds and hundreds of pages long. Mm. This was a single piece of paper with six or seven dot points on it. It wouldn't have even been 200 words. <laughs> this was... Utterly ridiculous. This was just a wish list. I think I've written Facebook like, status is longer than that. <laughs> yeah, this is not a piece of legislation at all. This is just the scribblings of a child. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. I think at the end of the day, it's kind of interesting to say this, but I, I almost feel the biggest winner out of all of this is Hillary Clinton because you got to think about this. Like she, she's gone through a, a variety of emotions in the last few months. Has Hillary? You know, obviously complete devastation when she lost. She's probably, you know, so angry and upset on her inauguration day because, you know, she's got to be there and all this sort of stuff. I kind of feel she's, you know, hitting the road right now because I know she still does her public appearances and all this sort of stuff. And she's always got a smile on her face. I've kind of just feeling she's always like just staring at people like smugly as if to say like, well, look what you guys did. You could have had me. And she's kind of just wryly smiling, thinking like, well, I kind of knew this was going to happen. And well, you know, fuck you, America. (laughs) Yeah. There's that to a degree, but I also think that um, no matter what, it's almost like his supporters don't hear reason. Mm. So there's no way you can ever say, oh, told you so, because they don't, they don't think that. They're they Donald don't, Trump. That's, they that's who they are. I mean, that's exactly the same as Donald Trump. <laughs> they're projecting onto him their thoughts and opinions and whatever. So no matter what he does, he could just be in an interview and just, you know, start rambling nonsensical rubbish, just not even words, <laughs> and they would say, oh, he's so brilliant, so amazing. Mm. And, and it, it wouldn't matter because they just project onto him everything that they want and believe and, and whatever. They're not actually paying any attention to what he does. It's, it's, and it's frustrating because no matter what we seem to do or as liberals or whatever seem to do, the, the people who oppose him seem to do, it, it just doesn't get through to them that, no, this is a person who is completely incompetent, <laughs> doesn't know what he's doing, and is essentially 
flushing the political the, the government down the toilet and 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 kind of the world as well isn't it i mean we yeah. kind of go along with what america does uh whether yeah. people agree or disagree with that it's sort of just how it happens when it comes to climate change and things like that as well i mean america is now the only con- developed country opposing the paris um climate the treaty they reached in the paris climate conference mm. um and uh, uh, noam chomsky basically um who is probably one of the most famous academics um now uh, still living um said that the republican party is the most uh, dangerous organization in the world in the world right yeah in the world more dangerous than isis more dangerous than That's isis a- there you go Simply because, based on the the threat that they pose to the continuation of the of human life, essentially, they're, they're the only because of uh, America is the only country opposing, you know, um, you know, regulations and stuff to do with climate change, mm. um, and that's that's solely down to the Republican Party. That's not um, something you want, uh, like a, you know, like when you get a movie and you see the poster and it's got a review on it. You know, you don't want, like, the poster for the Republican Party to have the tagline, more dangerous than ISIS. <laughs> yeah. So, you've, you've got the lunatics have uh, taken over the asylum. So, so how got- long is it now till ISIS takes credit for the Republican Party? Like, oh, yeah, we, we the Republican Party, that's us. We, we totally did that. <laughs> well, po- possibly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's almost like they're, they're two opposing forces, but they both kind of got the same... <laughs> Um, goal in mind, yes. and that's kind of destruction of the West. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's... it should be laughing at that comment, um, but it's it's true. I mean, that's that's just there are there are many things in life that you don't want to ever be compared to, and there's kind of those things I feel that once something gets labelled on an individual and an organisation, be it true or untrue, even if it's found to be completely false, like tomorrow, let's let's just let's just put this out there tomorrow, if somehow. Everything that happened against Rolf Harris was found out to be a lie, and he was completely exonerated as an innocent man. No one's ever all of a sudden going to be like, "Oh, sorry, Rolf, we were wrong. We back to we were back to loving you." He's always tainted. Rolf Harris forever tainted. There are certain things that will always taint a person, and I can't or an indiv- or a group, and I kind of feel ISIS being compared to one of them is sort of up there with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's. Uh- I guess it shows just like the danger of uh, of language and propaganda terms and things like that, slandering people. Yeah, wow, but- it's crazy. It's crazy, Paul. Look, we're, we've talked here. We we're going to talk a bit about Anzac Day. I guess we can fit that in really quickly here before I let you go. Um, obviously, uh, if you've been living under a rock in Australia, you um, have missed a bit of controversy around um, you know comments about. Anzac Day and kind of just it's it's been an interesting week around sort of and I think it's kind of far reaching more so outside of what uh, Yasmin said as well because it kind of seems to be that sacred day doesn't it where you're not allowed to have an opinion I almost feel because if you have an opinion that's against the day you yeah. get a week worth of uh, media devoted to you particularly if you are maybe an individual of a minority which kind of turns ugly quite quickly in terms of the comments against you, which people then tend to excuse. It's been a strange week around this sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I didn't actually see what Yasmin tweeted. You, you you explained it to me briefly, but I don't really need to know. I, I, I just find it so funny that the people who are so the most strong supporters of freedom of speech are generally the 
people, whenever something said against, that they don't like is said, or basically, let's say right-wing bigots, they're so you know, vehemently, yes, freedom of speech, we can say whatever we want, until someone says something that they don't like, and then it's, oh, fire them or whatever for expressing themselves using freedom of speech. Um, it's... Yeah, but I, I, look, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Yasmin says. I've seen her on Q&A, and she talks about how Islam is somehow feminist, is the most feminist religion, which yeah. is preposterous. Um, and... Yeah, but look, she should. She has the right to express her opinion without um, fear of being fired or, or whatever. That's that's what freedom of speech is, and we don't necessarily have freedom of speech in Australia, but we should. Well, it's one of these things that I guess people just take for granted to the point that they use it. You know, they overuse it. It's kind of one of these terms, isn't it, where people are they think they can get away with more than they actually, they read in too much to it. It's like, oh, I just said this horrible thing, but I've got freedom of speech. Like, I'm not I'm not comparing that to Yasmin, of course, in terms of what she said. I'm not saying that's completely, you know, horrible and everything. And I'm, I'm with you. I don't necessarily agree with her 100% of the time. And look, from what she said on Anzac Day, I look, I, there's a time and a place. She quickly deleted it and apologised for it. Um... And I think that's basically where it should lie. I don't think we should spend a week bashing the woman for what she said. Um, I don't think she should lose her job. It's not the worst thing somebody has said ever and kept their job. I mean, there are people that have said a hundred times worse and they keep their job for it. But um, it's, it's when things skewer into racist territory in terms of what people say against her and not just like just the comments that people make about her over something so minor. It's, it's, it's not right. It's a, as a society, it's a sad reflection on us, isn't it? When all of a sudden people have to take that route <laughs> to kind of, it just shouldn't be done. Yeah. And there's a, there's a difference between, yeah, the freedom of speech in terms of exposing a truth yeah. and basically just spouting lies. Exactly. You don't have the freedom to lie without retort. It's um, basically the way people use it. Is it's almost like, yeah, like it's it's almost like people can basically come out and say the most racist, insensitive, sexist comment and be like, oh, but I've got freedom of speech, I can say that. No, you can't. Um, it's still not right to be a racist or a bigot or just let's be honest, a fucking asshole. Yeah, you don't have the freedom to uh, incite violence. Exactly. And this is what this is a lot of the time what kind of racist and bigoted speech is about. It's about basically constructing this stereotype which dehumanises people, which then gets other people to treat them um, in terrible ways. Yeah, and then it's it's kind of one of these cases in two when um, we lose track on what's essentially happened with all this and the people criticising the person that they think have done something wrong almost uh, become worse than what the person has said or done in the first place. It's kind of, well, you're essentially doing worse things than the person you're criticising for doing something that you think they've done really bad. But um, Yeah, exactly. And, and we see it on both sides. Yeah. I mean, the thing we were talking about last week with, with the survivor, with Zeke, and yeah. uh, basically the people who, well, Jeff Varner outed Zeke as transgender, mm-hmm. And then he was basically treated worse. And still is to this was, day. Was, Let's be honest. It's still going still on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you basically, you're, uh, the, per, the people who are then trying to defend Zeke 
some of them then become the bullies essentially it's um yeah it's it's completely it's it's one of these things that uh gives us plenty of stuff to talk about paul uh but it's kind of still a, a thing that we end on and sadly we're still going to live in a world with that and we still live in a world with donald trump as president so um oh well we've got seven days to continue to be frustrated and talk about it again but uh we always appreciate your time on the show paul and we look forward to speaking to you next week yeah, it's, it's good. Time to bring you a bit of... That time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. <laughs> you know I get excited. Forget the Lyrics. Now, in the last few weeks, we've actually brought you some new ones, essentially, because uh, we've been doing Forget the Lyrics again on High Noon, Fridays 12 to 2pm on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Uh, but we thought we'd actually go back in time to bring you some older ones, and we can say the newer ones for you to actually listen to High Noon. Uh, I gave a special shout-out to former co-host Stewie Lipscomb, who I know has been listening to these episodes during the week, and I thought, well, why not play something classic Stewie? Stewie did some Forget the Lyrics with us back in the day, and uh, we haven't played any of his yet. So this is from 2014, where Stewie and I got together and sang the Spice Girls classic, Wannabe, and this was to the subject of The Bachelor. Now, uh, let's see if you think this will go a certain direction, because more than likely, it actually will. Yo, Blake wants what he really wants. He wants that rose, and he really, really wants it. He wants to tell you what he really wants. He's got the rose, and he's gonna tell you what he wants. He wants it, he wants it, he wants it, he wants it. He wants to break up with you after he chose you. Blake went on The Bachelor, had lots of women to choose from every week, but he didn't make it. With every one of them, only a couple of them got one pregnant allegedly and then broke up with the other one. Yo, Blake, what's he wants? What he really, really wants? He wants all the girls and he wants them now. He wants them, he wants them, he wants them, he wants them. Blake wants to go and get someone pregnant. If Blake wants to be your lover, you gotta get with his friends. Quite literally, cause he slept with all of them. Blake is a bad lover. That's why he got dumped. He was on The Bachelor and he's a massive chump. Uh, Stewie, I'm going to give it to you now. Pick it up. Blake's mum really liked the girls and Blake didn't like his mum. Because Blake's a little mummy's boy. Oh, oh, don't be hasty, Blake. I'll give you a rose. If you really, really get me pregnant, you want to be just fine. So tell Blake what he wants, what he really, really wants. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be with Blake. If you wanna be Blake, you gotta get with Lisa. Making it love forever, cause Lisa never stops. If you give Blake a rose, he will take too far. By choosing you, then dumping you like a bag of garbage. We got, we got Blake, we got Blake, we got a Blake, 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 Blake. Who likes it? Eddie doesn't come for Blake because he comes for, like, Lisa. <laughs> I'm sorry, I heard the words because Lisa goes forever. <laughs> Yeah, that is why maybe Stewie hasn't done a forget the lyrics since. Stewie, if you are listening to this, we will get you to do one. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was interesting and fun. And, uh, look, I have to say, I enjoyed it. Time to get that weekly dose of everything to do with leaves on a flag. It is uh, time to speak to Colin Hilding from Canada, Winnipeg to be precise. 
Colin, welcome back to the brink. Um, I'm glad I've been able to make it on here after babies pulling out the power cords and modems. Uh, old McDonald was on a farm playing in the background. Uh, a sneeze followed by a snot bubble coming out of the nose, and my <laughs> wife having a rage fit. I think literally right now is um, hashtag parenting going on in the background. Because <laughs> in the space of five minutes of attempting to connect this call, uh, your son has pulled the cord out. I've heard Jamie, yeah, as you said, rage. Like, well, what's going on there in the background? Did she just get frustrated <laughs> at, a, at your son? Or did, I don't know, hunks.com not load properly? I mean, what's going yeah. down? This is just one of these days where he chose not to nap, so he's overly tired and not ready to go to bed, but not really functioning well. <laughs> well, uh, I think the perfect uh, perfect method to get rid of all that pain in your head right now from being a father is to talk about hockey. Um, why not? Um, commiserations about the Maple Leafs. How are you feeling right now about uh, their first round elimination? Well, I mean, I would have been thrilled if they actually made it to the second round, obviously, but... Strangely enough, the performance of them losing has gotten the more positive attention than most of the teams that actually advanced. And that's what's really crazy. I mean, like Mike Babcock, the coach, was just put as one of the finalists, three, only three finalists for the coach of the year, which is crazy considering they barely sneaked in the playoffs and they, you know, won two out of their six games. But I think it's the fact that you had this team that's got so many rookies and that I mean, a, a series of six games, and it went to five overtimes. I've been trying to look up to see if that's ever happened, and I can't even find anything, at least in recent memory, where there were that many overtimes in a single series. And um, obviously then, as we I think we spoke about last week, the future's looking bright. I mean, for, for the team that knocked them out, Washington, they're not exactly doing brilliantly at the moment, it seems. So, um, uh, you know, uh, is this kind of a case of are you going for Washington now? Or, I mean, uh, are you going to the Canadian teams? Because both the Canadian teams that made it through are, are doing very well at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, both the Canadian teams, Calgary. <laughs> uh, poor Calgary. Sure, <laughs> I know you're sure, sad about sure. that. I'm still crying. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto and Calgary are out. We should both be crying right now. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I watched just this afternoon dating this. Not the, us talking about the beginning of the second round as a dating it enough. <laughs> uh, Ottawa, who was down by, I think, two goals. And just every time they caught up, they were just, you know, getting uh, further and behind as New York kept getting ahead. And then they, with one minute to go, they tied it. And I don't even know if they went to overtime because I set my recording for like an hour after it was supposed to end. And, <laughs> of course, the game went longer than that. Double so, overtime, uh, I'll Ottawa... you. Double overtime. They won it. Oh, there we go. So we have the Canadian teams. Uh, Edmonton did well yesterday. So Shh, I, I probably... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd probably say I'm rooting for Edmonton over all the other teams. Um, you know, growing up as a kid you basically had to love the Edmonton Oilers and your local team. And it didn't matter what city you were in. Edmonton had to be your other team, and they were kind of equal. So I'd love to see Edmonton. I think the last time that Edmonton made the Stanley Cup Finals, it was probably the most excited I've been at the Stanley Cup Finals, even though they ended up losing. So Edmonton would be my number one. Ottawa, just because they are a Canadian team, I've never been the biggest Ottawa fan, but I'd love to see them win. And then Washington would be third, because I think I said many times, when my team loses, I tend to root for the team that beat them. I don't mind any of these teams, really. The only one that I would say that I purely do not want to win is Pittsburgh. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> if Pittsburgh get eliminated, I, I'll be pretty happy, I think, with the uh, the winner. Obviously, I, I prefer my team, the Ducks, to win 
win, but we're zero and two down. Thanks, Edmonton. Um, and it's not looking good at the moment. But, um, you know, looking at St. Louis, Nashville, you know, there's two teams that never won it before. I wouldn't mind either of them. Ottawa, yeah, Canadian, New York. My dad's obviously goes through all the New York teams, and I like New York. And then there's Washington, who I guess should really win it because they're the best team essentially going into this, aren't they? So, um, hashtag anyone but Pittsburgh, I think, will be my mantra. <laughs> Yeah, and I've come all around on Pittsburgh. Again, I've mentioned, I think, two or three weeks in a row that I don't mind them so much just because of more Phil Kessel and less Sidney Crosby. But I think because they won last year, I always like to see somebody new win. So if there was one team I don't want to win, it probably would be Pittsburgh. St. Louis would be an interesting one because I find that the Leafs take so much criticism because it's been so long since they won the Stanley Cup. Like I think it's 57 years or something like that. But at the same time, I always make the argument that, you know, Chicago and the Rangers went even longer without winning it. And they went for decades without winning it when there were only six teams. You take St. Louis as an example. St. Louis came in as a brand new team the year after the Leafs last won the Stanley Cup. So really, it's been just as long for them. It's just they've never won it. So even though St. Louis is not one of my favorite teams and never has been, mostly because I was one of my brother's teams growing up, <laughs> um, I think St. Louis, it would be great just to see them win after the entire time they've been in the NHL, one of the original expansion teams, and it would be the first time they ever won. Well, yeah, I kind of am not super keen on St. Louis sports teams. Uh, I have reasons, but um, it's kind of one of these things when it comes to... um, yeah, I, I similar to what you said about how Pittsburgh, you know, you want somebody new to win. I also kind of like seeing it when, yeah, you get teams that either haven't won it or haven't won it in a very long time. Um, you know, I like sort of things around that. So, I mean, kind of, it's it's an interesting, I guess, final eight teams that are left because, I mean, if you take Pittsburgh out of it, if you even if, you know, you take the Ducks out of it because they would then, I guess, be the most recent team after Pittsburgh to have won it. I mean, the Rangers, I think, what, since the 90s, I would think, Ninety-five, I think. Yeah, Washington have never won it, I believe. They ever won it? Yeah, never. And then uh, Ottawa have also never won it. So, kind of outside of Edmonton, New York, Pittsburgh, and and Anaheim, it looks like we could very much have a a brand new champion. With St. Louis, it is funny because I probably should have rooted for them more growing up. Um, We went to a school, our, uh, I think, fifth and sixth grades. The school we went to was called Heritage Elementary, and... Because Bobby Hall, Brett Hall, who was like St. Louis is maybe your greatest player of all time, Bobby Hall, his father, had played for the Jets. Brett Hall attended our school, and I remember when we first went to that school, and I look at like every school has the trophy case, and you just see like all these trophies for like you know the city MVP of the year for like you know kids basically under thirteen, Brett Hall, and it was just him all over this trophy case and it wasn't like oh here's a tribute to brett hall they showed everybody who won this award and it just happened to be brett hall year after year after year Mm. so it was always kind of cool it's like we went to brett hall's school we saw like you know his class picture and stuff like that but i just yeah it was never as exciting for me well it's just i think it's a logo too they have a pretty lame logo and i mean i i in some weird way i probably should like the st louis blues because my um football team here in australia is the blues so um there should be kind of uh, a connection there but i mean i guess the difference is blues there is like the music blues here is just yeah i don't even know what the blues is here um it's just a person in blue and it's the color you know what's (laughs) what's really sad is that again the st louis blues been around since i was a kid i have a fridge magnet of the st louis blues here um (laughs) i just it was just one of the many random magnets that i found you know some going out of business sale for a local (laughs) sports store but 
it's taken me to my entire life, and it was only this past year where I looked at their logo. I'm like, I think that's supposed to be a music note. Like, I don't know <laughs> how it took me my entire life, decades, to figure out what the logo was. I just thought it was like some fancy ripoff of the Detroit Red Wings logo. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, then. Um, it's funny, actually, with St. Louis, because they were – we joke about the Columbus Blue Jackets, but for a period there growing up, I would always forget St. Louis Blues were also a team. I was like, oh, yeah, there's a St. Louis Blues. Um, they were kind of like up there, but I kind of know they exist now. One, I mean, also Nashville Predators. I mean, that's I, – I wouldn't mind seeing them. I, I, I got to see a Nashville Predators game when I was in Nashville. It's actually, it was funnily enough, the game I saw was Nashville. Nashville versus St. Louis. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Nashville go go far. I mean, they're kind of almost a team you should really forget that they exist. I mean, Tennessee and hockey, mm. I don't know how the, the history goes there with that state. But um, I don't know. What, 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 do you, what do you think of the Predators? Nashville and Columbus are the two teams you'll always hear people here say, well, A, I always forget their team, but also... <laughs> How do they have a team? And it used to be Florida, <laughs> where people were like, "Well, how does Florida have a team?" But yeah, now, Nashville. <laughs> well, t- Florida and two. Tampa Bay. Two. Yeah, right. Yeah, got ahead of myself there. <laughs> yeah, great math there. <laughs> I know, right? It's Florida. <laughs> I block it out. Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, Nashville and Columbus are the ones where Canadians almost get upset that they had a hockey team back when we before we had the Jets, and now that we have the Jets again, people almost. I get amused at Nashville winning. They're like, yeah, this is hilarious. Nashville of all teams can win. So uh, I, I think it is more than anything. It is just kind of funny. If Nashville can win the Stanley cup, it's kind of like, you know, Carolina winning the Stanley cup. Like, do they know what hockey is there? <laughs> it's interesting. Cause yeah, I, I, it was, I mean, what Tampa Bay, obviously stupidly fucking won the Stanley cup a few years ago, but um, you know, it's, 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 Oh, don't mock my lightning. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's interesting kind of when these cities win it. I mean, I guess I shouldn't, I shouldn't mock that. I mean, I go for Anaheim, Ducks. I mean, hockey in, in California, um, you know, built around a, a Disney movie. I mean, that's kind of a joke in itself. But it's um, it's it. I always find it fascinating when yeah, these cities who really probably shouldn't have a hockey team do well. Uh, I mean, I don't know what was I. I kind of blocked out. Was it two thousand and four when Tampa Bay won? Did Tampa Bay even care that they won the Stanley Cup? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> they still don't realize they've won it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Again, that was a bigger deal here in Canada because they had so many Canadian players on that team. So I I think we almost looked at them as like the extra Canadian team at that point. (laughs) But it's it's surprising because you you do look at the games. We were joking about this uh, off air for another show last night that, you know, you you and. Uh, Hobart, you're, you get criticized because they only drew 20,000 people for an exhibition game. <laughs> and meanwhile, here, you go to Tampa Bay, which is probably one of the more successful U.S. markets for hockey, and you might see half the arena filled during the playoffs. Well, it's it's I find that fascinating, too, with, um, I think, the New York Islanders, when I've seen some of their games, they, just, they barely seem to get anybody going to their games. And, I mean, I know New York's probably a bit different because, I mean, they're so saturated with sports teams. They've got at least two in every single major competition. But I would assume, like, the Islanders, you know, I mean, I'm, they've been around for a while. They're obviously very successful for a long period of time there. I'm, I would just be sure that they would have more fans than they seemingly do. Islanders is my other team behind the Leafs, uh, which is why I was so great. Well, Islanders, Leafs, and Lightning are really my three teams, and they were all fighting for that wildcard spot. But with Islanders, it's interesting because they did draw huge crowds um, a couple of years ago or up until a couple of years ago when they were in Long Island still, and the name Islanders actually made sense. (laughs) And they moved them to Brooklyn a few years ago. And since then, yeah, it has been harder. And 
the players complained about the the quality of the ice and the arena and apparently there's poor visibility ah. and it's an incredible arena like if you see the uh, the actual arena they have in brooklyn is that I think, the Barclays center also, yeah yeah, yeah. It, it looks incredible on camera but people always complain during the hockey that there's poor visibility which could be one of the reasons people don't show up and also they moved it to Brooklyn who probably weren't, you know, <laughs> even that excited about a hockey team. And I think I heard, I don't know if it's next season or the season after they're going to be moving again. Cause it just didn't work out for them in Brooklyn. Well, when I was in New York and I was kind of looking at all the games I could potentially go to, cause I'd been to a Rangers game before, but that the Rangers weren't playing when I was there. So there was the option of a devils or an Islanders game. And, um, I think they, I nearly, very much nearly went to a Devils game last minute because it was ridiculously cheap for tickets. Um, it wasn't too far from where I was staying, but I just couldn't be bothered in the end. I ended up going to a Knicks game the next night in New York. But um, it's, I mean, I find that fascinating that New York has like all these teams and yet they still seemingly care about their sporting teams. Yet, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Tampa Bay. I actually, well, I will say, I actually know a very passionate Tampa Bay fan. It's funny, actually. I, I think besides of a, me, uh, besides, well, actually, yeah, besides you, she lives in Florida, um, and she's not. It's not like she relocated from a colder state. She's, I think, a naturally born Floridian. And she's the, one of the maddest hockey fans I know outside of Canada. So it's um, it's kind of interesting to think that. I just realized I know her. <laughs> and I think the funny thing with Florida that often, uh, the, where they get credited for keeping their sports teams alive is that people from Canada will often retire in Florida, <laughs> uh, which is the other thing with Air- Winnipeg especially. There's two places where people always say they're retiring. They're retiring to Florida. They're retiring to Arizona. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense that that's how Arizona and Florida keep their teams. We like to think that here. But uh, there might be only a half a dozen people in Tampa Bay that are under the age of 65. So, <laughs> Well, this, this person is under 65. Um, but There you go. <laughs> I actually, I think it's interesting whenever Canada will get their eighth team, I'm sure it will be when Atlanta gets another franchise and then they ultimately will end yeah. up moving to Canada. And I feel sad for Atlanta. Yeah. I shouldn't because, you know, Calgary wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Atlanta. And then obviously now Winnipeg have a team with thanks to Atlanta. But um, I don't know. I, I like the city of Atlanta and I don't mind some of their sports teams. So I kind of feel bad for the fact that they've lost the team when they lost the uh what were they even called like this is how unimportant they are (laughs) the thrashers yeah um one of the reasons why i think people here in winnipeg knew that we were going to get the jets back is that when we lost the jets the first time in the mid 90s they had this massive it was a save the jets rally trying to raise money to keep them here and they drew something like thirty-five thousand people to it uh, whereas when they did a Save the Thrashers rally, they drew less than 5,000. <laughs> so that was kind of the moment where they're like, the Save the Thrashers rally drew 5,000 people. We're like, all right, we're getting them back. Yeah. <laughs> and we should really mention quickly before we go, of course, in terms of uh, markets when it comes to possibly should they have a hockey team, we're about to see the addition of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Now, yes. um, I'm kind of I'm kind of happy to see Las Vegas finally getting a professional sporting team, but... Um, Hockey? Really? <laughs> well, they did have the brief XFL team. Well, true. That did, was that the one that made the appearance in Schwarzenegger's The Sixth Day? <laughs> no, no, I don't think they were. No. <laughs> they had it there. But I, I recently watched a documentary on the XFL and the XFL failing. 
And one of the things they spent the most amount of time on was how big it was for Las Vegas to finally get a team. So, I mean, people living there are dying for any type of franchise. I don't think it matters if it's a hockey market or not. People are going to go crazy there. I think the thing that, you know, when a lot of people laughed at take to Las Vegas, you don't understand, is that you're going to sell out almost exclusively with season tickets for years because all the hotels there, that's how... You know, they're going to comp people. We'll give you tickets to, you know, go see David Copperfield or Celine Dion or whoever else is there. And it's like, well, you can go see the Golden Knights. So there's going to be so many season tickets bought up. But the thing that's going to be interesting is to watch and see if they even have a home ice advantage because (laughs) it's such a tourist destination that no matter you know who they're playing you're going to have people going there to see their team it's going to be so so filled with tourists that there may not even be a home ice advantage for Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, I was reading about that that they were sort of they use the example of like, you know, a bunch of Chicago people there on a business trip that just happened to be there when the Blackhawks are playing. So it's going to kind of be almost like yeah, the, the outnumbered Chicago fans. And this is what I always find interesting with any any sport when there's a new franchise team and not not a team that's relocated, like brand new from the beginning. It's how they get their supporters. I mean, we've had two sort of new um, expansion teams in the AFL in the last uh, six, seven years. And I always find it fascinating when I see their supporters because it's like, well, why do you support this team? They're brand new. Like, do you just stop going for your other team and because yeah. they're your local team, you go for them? I mean, you sort of talked about that, I guess, with Winnipeg, kind of how you go for mm-hmm. Toronto. So it'll be interesting to see. And particularly because, I mean, Las Vegas isn't a city where I generally associate people living there. It's kind of like one of these cities where it's like, People go there to visit, but I don't know if people actually live in that city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, is Atlantic City going to get a sports yeah. franchise? Would that make any sense? Yes. Um, I, I mean, I think really outside of this, I obviously want to see Canada get another team, but I think then Seattle. I think Seattle deserves it. I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they're more hockey-based than Las Vegas. I mean, you know, since they've lost the Supersonics, I know they've got the Seahawks and the Mariners, and they love their Sounders in the, in the soccer, but, I mean, come on. Seattle is, like, what, an hour away from Vancouver by plane? Give them a hockey team. Yeah, and then when Vancouver misses the playoffs again, they can all drive down to watch Seattle in the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, we'll no doubt talk more about it next week. I'm sure the Ducks will probably be eliminated this time next week. Um, and Casper, I'm sure, will... Um, <laughs> how's he going there? Is he, does he need he needs he, his dad, I feel. <laughs> he's been circling around my chair, climbing underneath the desk, and was just about to rip the power cord out. <laughs> For the computer, I picked him up, which is why you can probably hear him right now. So maybe he just wants to say hello here. Hello, Casper. Hello, welcome to the brink. Um, Hold on, I'll put I'll put I'll put him on headset here. All right, this is I'm about to interview a baby. This is a new thing. Uh, hello, Casper. Hello, Goo Goo Gaga. Uh. <laughs> you know, he smiled and then he reached for the off button on my microphone. <laughs> That's often what people do when they listen to this show. They smile slightly and then they go for the off button. That's a general thing. Colin, thank you for your time. It's always fun and uh, we'll speak to you next week. All right, for round three. Time to bring it to a close. Episode 23 is about to end. And and one thing I realise we actually have not done in quite some time is, wow, this is news. Uh, and I will I will sit here right now in front of you. Hobart, Australia, the world, uh, wherever you are listening to my voice, and promise you, promise you, Ashburn, Sunderland, everywhere, Mountain View, that next week on episode 24, 
I will bring you, wow, this is news. It will be the very first thing that we do after the introduction because it has been so long since we've done it. I promise that will come your way. So stay tuned for that. And speaking of staying tuned, you can stay tuned to The Brink. Easiest way is to subscribe to us. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, search for The Brink, hit subscribe. Please, while you're there, leave us a rating, leave us some feedback. It would be great to hear your thoughts. And you can also follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook to stay up to date with everything. We've got some exciting things to be announced in regards to the next Brink Unleashed film uh, that is uh, coming your way very very soon so information regarding that and a bit of a celebration of the franchise itself so uh, stay tuned for everything to do with that and if you're a fan of my voice you can also hear some other shows that I am involved in Uh, we do have of course uh, the Oz Network if you're a movie TV fan then there's plenty there to search for the Oz Network we've got Off the Podium our Olympics podcast if you enjoy Colin's voice you'll hear him on the Oz Network you'll hear him on Off the Podium it's great Double Oz 7 as well you'll hear our voices on that if you're a James Bond fan and, of course, uh, we are possibly looking at bringing back Eurovision if you're a Eurovision fan. Fantastic. And a plug as well. If you do listen to this in Hobart, high noon, 12 to 2 p.m. on Edge Radio 99.3 FM on a Friday. It's always fun to be able to uh, speak to you live and have some uh, bit of fun. Dakota usually joins you in studio. Stewie comes in at the end as well. It's a lot of fun. You should listen to it. Uh, until we next speak again, though, thank you for your company here on The Brink. It's been a brinkaliciously dandy good time. And until next week, keep Sucking those oranges, Hobart, and a good anighter!